We access this great grace with the great faith that you've given us. And we are asking for unlimited presence to permeate our spirits, our souls, and our bodies today. Lord, we give you glory. We magnify you this morning, for it's in the name of Jesus that we all shout amen and amen. Man alive, it's good to be here today. Good to see all of you. You may be seated. So this morning's message is called Christmas Peace. Christmas Peace. It's one of those gifts that we receive by receiving the big gift, which is Jesus. And as we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, there are gifts inside the gift. The first gift we talked about a couple of weeks ago was we received a new identity that we're new creations in Christ Jesus. And the gift I want to talk to you about today is Christmas peace all year long, every day, all day long. Amen? So turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. And we'll begin in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. What is the alternative for fear not? Be filled with peace. For behold, I bring you good things of great joy, which shall be to all people. This peace, this joy is for all people everywhere. For unto us this, this day... In the, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. And you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. And what did they say? Read verse 14, please. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. This is not talking about world peace. This is talking about word peace. For Jesus was the word of God manifest in the flesh. And as he was manifest in the flesh, he brought his peace. On earth, peace. And we could say it this way, God's will toward man. Now notice with me. There is a heavenly peace given to you for earthly pressures. Amen? So let's talk about this peace this morning. Amen? Glory to God. And so we see in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, this is with the fulfillment of what had been prophesied over there. It says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. You see, on that Christmas day is when Jesus was manifest in the flesh. But he existed a long time before then. A son is given. Now notice with me. It says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. Is he wonderful? His name shall be Counselor. Have you ever got some wisdom and insight and understanding from his counsel? Oh, glory to God. And the Bible says he is the mighty God. 
that means that he's mighty to save and he's mighty to deliver. And I've just got to stand before you today and give God all the glory and all the praise. Because on December 18th, 1974 was the last time I used any drugs at all. Amen. So it's been 42 years since I got set free and 42 years since I've been delivered. And I'm telling you, God is no respecter of persons. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. And He is the Prince of Peace. Now, Jesus just doesn't come to give us peace. He is our peace. We have His peace because we are in Him and He is in us. But like just so many other of the benefits of being a believer... We must contend for this peace of God and maintain this peace that he has given us. Look with me at John 14 and 27. We see something that Jesus said here. And I want to break this verse down into three parts. First of all, my peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. How many of you know that this peace that Jesus gives is the same peace that he walked in when he walked this earth? This is the peace of God that he, that he walked in when he faced some storms. How many of you remember that there was on a certain day that a great storm arose on the Sea of Galilee? His disciples were with him in the ship. And there were other little ships also. And the Bible says that there came a mega storm to prevent them from going to the other side. His disciples were full of care. They were filled with anxiety. And they woke him up. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. We could say that he entered in to rest. You know, when Jesus got in that boat, he did not intend to go halfway and sink. When he got in the boat, he intended to go all the way to the other side. Amen? And they woke him up and said, don't you care that we perish? And I want you to notice what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus did. And he arose and rebuked the wind. And he said unto the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. This great storm was stilled by a great calm. But I present to you today that great calm came from within the master. He could say, peace be still, because he was full of peace. Amen. And when you get filled with the peace of God, when the storms of life come to you, you can stand up on the hinder part of your boat and you can say to those storms, peace be still because the Prince of Peace lives in me. And he said, we're going to the other side and we are going to make it. Oh, hallelujah. He did not back down when demons came to tempt him. He was out there in the wilderness. The enemy came along and said, you know, if you're the son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. Jesus not contend with him in the realm of reasoning. But he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain. And he said, all the worlds will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Here's what Jesus said. He didn't back off. He didn't back down. He rose up with the written word of God. And he says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Oh, hallelujah. And so it pays us rich dividends to know what is written. 
to let what is written abide in us richly. So that when it comes time to use it against circumstances, when it comes time to use it against the devil, we won't have to be frantically looking for a scripture. No, let scriptures just flow out of our heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, glory to God. So he didn't back down. He didn't cow down and you don't have to either. So number one, he said, my peace, I leave with you. And the next thing he said in John 14, 27, as we pull it back up there, he said, this peace that I give you is not as the world gives, give I unto you. This peace is not available anywhere else. There are many seekers looking for peace. You know, back in the 70s, when I was a hippie, a lot of my friends would go to India. Some of them took on trans, uh, transcendental meditation. They thought if they could just get out of their mind and go, Om, all day long, that it would have some significant spiritual thing to them. But you know, none of them got help that way. Thank God some of them came to the Lord. Some of them came to the Prince of Peace. You know what? If you will seek, you will find. And true peace is only found in Him. Not in a bottle. Not in a drug. Not in a relationship. Not in pornography. Only peace comes from the Prince of Peace. And then the third thing I want you to see in John 14, 27. My peace I live with you. Not as the world giveth, I give I unto you. But then he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Now you are the understood portion of that subject. When he says let not, that means you let not. Does it say try not? Well, Pastor Mark, I'll try if it's easy. But, oh, it's never been easy before. I've tried and I've failed and I've tried and I've failed. Stop trying. Start snuggling. Start resting and be a doer of God's word. Don't allow yourself to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be filled with the cares of this life. You see, the cares of this life come to all of us. They come in different packages and they come in different forms. But the cares of this life are not designed to bless you. The cares of this life are designed to enter in and to choke the word of God out of you. Just like the lusts of other things, just like afflictions and persecutions, just like the deceitfulness of riches, the enemy has got a care package for you. He's knocking on the door of your soul. I got a word for you. Don't answer the door. Tell him to take that care package back. Back where it belongs. Return to sender. Right to the pit of hell. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't taking it no more. Woo, glory to God. And so we understand here that we have the privilege, we have the right, and we have the ability to not allow ourselves to be filled with care. Look with me in the amplified version of this specific verse. In verse 27, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here it is. Stop allowing it. Stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated. Stop allowing yourself to be disturbed. And do not. These are strong words. Stop and do not means quit it. 
And do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, and cowardly, and unsettled. Oh, somebody says, I wish I could do that. You got to know you can do this. I don't know whether I can. Let me tell you something. Success comes in cans. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You have the ability to put your cares where they belong. You can do this. You must do this. If you want to live a fear-free, faith-filled life, stop allowing yourself to listen to the lies of the devil. Hallelujah. It's a lie of the devil. Tell you, well, you just can't control your emotions. You can't control whether you're troubled or not. No, no, no. You have his peace. You can live in his peace. You can walk in his peace. You know, the vast majority of Christians don't believe that they can. Well, you know, everybody, everybody gets burdened now and then. Everybody has a down day now and then. Everybody gets depressed now and then. Where's that in the word? I don't find that in the Word. I find this in the Word. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I find this in the world. Be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. What I find in the Word of God is not depression. In the kingdom of God, there is no depression. In the kingdom of God, there are no down days. In the kingdom of God, there are no worried days. In the kingdom of God, there are no fearful days. But in this kingdom that you are in, this is a kingdom of righteousness and peace. Of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, you may not feel that way today, and I understand that. There's been many days that I haven't felt that way. But how many of you know you can faith your way out of those feelings and you can get yourself a whole new set of feelings? Amen? I mean, glory to God. You can faith your way right out of a down day. How do I do that, Pastor? You make the quality decision at the top of the day that regardless how I feel, regardless of what's going on in my life, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And if you have to get in your living room and just walk back and forth and say, Ha, 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 devil, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. If you have to shout by faith, shout by faith. If you have to dance by faith, dance by faith. If you got to rejoice by faith, rejoice by faith. And you will see the manifestation of his peace come upon you. Amen. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and He will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability, but will always, at all times, always provide a way of escape, a way out of the snare of the fowler. Amen. The snares come, the cares come, the fears come to all of us. I mean, if we turn this service over into a testimony of how many cares and fears and things that we've been had to stand against, we'd be here all day long. But we're not so much looking for the testimony of the devil, glory to God. We're looking for the testimony of overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Amen? See, you can school yourself into faith. You can talk your way right out of depression into joy. 
You can talk your way right out of disease into health. You can talk your way out of worry into peace. Amen. Glory to God. It's a decision. The Bible says, I call to heaven and earth today, this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Which one are you going to choose today? That's about a third of you. How many of you are going to choose life? How many of you are going to choose the blessing? Hallelujah. Don't let worry drain you. I mean, you come into an atmosphere like this, and last week when Brenda preached her Christmas message, how many of you felt lifted up when you left last week? How many of you are feeling lifted up right now? Amen? But you can have that sense of victory every day of your life. And that is by protecting yourself from the things that drain you. And there are things that will drain us. Worry is a drain. Sometimes, and I don't mean this wrong, but sometimes you have to sever certain relationships or set boundaries on certain relationships with people that are extremely negative. How many of you discovered that when negativity is given place, negativity just seems to grow and grow and grow and grow? So what we must do is what Proverbs says, protect our spirit. With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, sometimes Brenda and I will be having coffee in the morning, and there will be a problem or a challenge that has presented itself to us personally, to our family, or maybe even to the ministry. And we talked about it before, and we got down in the mully grubs, and we just talked about it and talked about it and talked about it till we felt down. But we've looked at each other over coffee and says, we're not going there. We're not going back there. We're going to the rock that's higher than I. We're going to seek God. We're going to say what God's word says. And listen, friends, you can do the same exact thing. But you'll have to protect yourself from negative people. And especially around the holidays when Uncle Buck shows up. Or even Pookie and them. When some of the outlaws, I mean in-laws, show up, you've got to just protect your spirit and be nice. And if they try to bring you down a wrong road, you say, what's that smell? Ooh, is that, is that mama's dressing? Let's go see. Let's go have a taste of that. You see, you are in control of conversations. You do not have to submit yourself to anything that is under the curse of the law. Amen. Say with me, I've been redeemed. From the curse of the law. So protect your spirit. Another way that you can protect your spirit and maintain the peace of God is make sure that your spirit man is being charged daily. Amen? Make sure that your inner man is charged up by praising, by praying, by worship. Amen? The worst thing you can do around the holidays is become the Lone Ranger. Well, I've had a tough year and I just don't feel like being out in a crowd. I just don't feel like being around people. Have you ever been there before? Yeah. We, you ought to be a preacher and be that way. <laughs> you know, the best thing you can do is make sure you are in community with other believers. 
the best thing you can do is call an old friend. Call somebody. Get with people of God and have a celebration of the Christ. Have a celebration of Christmas in your heart. Amen? Amen. Say it with me. I'm protecting my spirit from anything and everything that does not contribute to my peace. Now, we read it earlier. The Bible says that the government is upon whose shoulder? You know he's got broad shoulders? We have pretty narrow shoulders compared to him. But he's got broad shoulders. Mark it down. He can shoulder your care. He can take care of your business. Stop trying to take care of your own business and let God be God and let him take care of your business. Amen? One person said this, and I think this is a good word. For peace of mind, resign as general manager of the universe. Amen? Let him shoulder your cares. Let him be the great caretaker. Let him be the bishop, the overseer of your soul. Amen? Now look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and notice with me in verse 7. I don't have a real long word tonight because I know we're coming back to celebrate. But I have got a word, praise God, if you will act upon and if you will live, you will experience great peace. Now notice in 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, this is a powerful verse of scripture. 1 Peter 5, what does it tell us to do? It says casting. Now what's another word for casting? Another word for casting is throwing. Amen? Casting or throwing, oh, about 70% of your cares. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say casting a certain percentage or an ever-increasing percentage. Well, I can handle some things. No, no. God says cast all your care. How many? What does the word all mean? All means all. All in Hebrew means all. All in Greek means all. All in English means all. Casting all your care upon Him. Casting the care of your finances on Him. Casting the care of your loved ones on Him. Casting the care of a diagnosis you have received this past year. Cast it over on Him. And as I was sitting there this morning, I believe the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to say this. Don't let a diagnosis define you. Don't let a diagnosis define you. But let His Word define you. His Word will always define you as the healed. Medical science may define you as the sick. But when you look in the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible always says you're healed. So if you have a diagnosis from medical science, cooperate with your doctors, do what you're led to do, but all the time be calling those things that be not as though they were. Let the word of Christ define you. You're the healed, you're the well, you are the whole. Now, along with that, you'll have to take the care of that diagnosis and put it over in his hands. I know what I'm talking about. The enemy will come in with all sorts of fears, all sorts of scenarios. Have you noticed that he never, ever presents to you the best case scenario? 
He will always present to you the worst case scenario. God will always present to you the best case scenario. But you stand in the middle and you've got to choose the best over the worst. And to do that, you'll have to contend with fear. You'll have to keep the door shut on all cares and fears and anxieties about your health. Amen? You know the Lord is for your body? You know that He lives on the inside of you? And He will quicken you. He will cause your body to rise up and your spirit, soul, and body to be quickened by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Cast the care of that diagnosis over on Him. And know this, that as long as there's breath, there's hope. As long as Jesus is alive and God is on the throne, you ain't finished yet. God's got your back and He is on your side. Amen. Hallelujah. And by all means, don't let Wall Street, don't let the Dow, don't let anything in this natural realm define you. Be defined by Philippians 4.19. Let's say it together real strong. But my God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now notice with me, casting all of your care upon Him. Now, why do we do that? Because he cares for me. Put your hand over your heart and say, My father, he cares for me. Therefore, I'll not carry these cares, but I cast all my cares over on my good, good father that cares for me. A revelation of how much he loves you. And how much he cares for you will help you close the door and keep the door shut on those cares when they come back to you. I, I saw something early this morning as I was preaching in that first service. And it did seem early. But I want you to look at Second Peter chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 2. I believe this is a word for all of us today. Second Peter, the first chapter and the second verse. Paul, our Peter, addressing uh, this particular group of people. And we'll just wait till we can get it there in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? Now notice with me. It says two things. There are two things that will be multiplied unto us. And then it tells us the avenue by which these two things will be multiplied to us. So he said, number one, grace. And number two shall be multiplied to us. How many of you could go for a multiplication of grace in your life? How about a multiplication of peace in your life? How about both of them? So he says, now, the grace and peace will be multiplied unto us through the avenue, through the knowledge of God. Or we could say it this way, through the knowledge of our Heavenly Father's love for us. I'm declaring to you today, the more that you get to know Him, the more that you have faith in Him, the more that you receive the love that He has for you, something will begin to happen in your life. It will cause the grace of God and the peace of God to grow and to increase in your life. To whereas once you were 
falling behind in those areas and to once you were yielding to things, but now because the grace of God is so strong in your life and the peace of God is being multiplied in your life, the door is shut and you're able to keep it shut. And here's what the Lord said. He said, great grace and great peace to those those who know and believe the great love of the Father. Say it with me. Great grace and great peace to me because I know the love of my Father. Did you know that His grace is sufficient for you? You know, when His grace is on the scene for you in a difficult time, the peace of God is always there, also there. Oh, glory to God. I can remember way back in... Oh, maybe several years ago, it was several years ago, that our son was going through a very difficult time. And we ended up in the emergency room at Stanford. He was having thoughts of suicide and, and different things like that. It was real tough. I mean, it was, if you want something to rend your heart, something like that will do it. And I know many of you have gone through some traumatic things with your children. And some of you are going through some of those things right now. But I was there in that emergency room preparing for my Christmas message the next day. I didn't feel like preaching a Christmas message. I felt like finding a hole and crawling in it and putting the lid over it and waiting for New Year's. Or waiting for my son to get better. But in that emergency room, there was such a peace that came over me. In the valley of the shadow of death. I refused to be afraid and refused to fear because I knew that my God had his back and that my God had our back. Amen. And so even though it was a traumatic time and even though it was a difficult time and it didn't change overnight, what was always present with Brenda and I was a peace and a grace that was absolutely undeniable. And there were days where we wanted to open the door and start thinking and looking at the worst case scenario. But by the grace of God, we kept the door shut. Amen? And you can do the same exact thing, no matter what you might be facing. Now we fast forward several years, I'm happy to announce, hallelujah, he is married in full-time ministry, hallelujah, hallelujah, and serving God with all of his heart. I mean, it just makes our heart happy. So I want you to be encouraged. You do not have to break down. When your world seems like it's breaking down, you don't have to break down. Listen, when other people around you are having breakdowns, you don't have to break down. Why not? Because you know that your Redeemer lives. And you know that the grace of God is sufficient for you. And the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's going to keep you. It's going to hold you. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Say it with me. It is well with my soul. The more you say that, the weller it gets. I know that's not good English, but you get it, don't you? The more you say it is well, the better it gets. So let's say it three times real strong. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my body. 
It is well with my loved ones. It is well. I call it well. I believe it is well. Lift your hands up and shout, it is well. Glory to God. It doesn't feel well. I know it doesn't. It doesn't look well. I looked in the mirror. I can testify it didn't look well. But it is well. And listen, you can school yourself into faith and build a stronghold around you to where the shield of faith is up. And when the fiery darts come to penetrate your life and to come toy with your mind and your soul, that shield of faith will absolutely quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Now, you folks, you can do this with grief. And, I, and I'm not a proponent And I do not believe that when a loved one dies, that we should have no grief. The Bible says, yes, we grieve. But our grief is not as the world grieves. Our grief is beyond the grave. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so there are tears. There are, there is sorrow of missing a loved one. There are the tears of, 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 of a loved one being absent. There's no doubt about it. But the enemy would like to take that grief and he would like to take it into the extra zone. To where the grief begins then to depress you. And the grief then begins to cause you not to get out of bed or not to even want any relationships with anybody. That grief is demonic. And that grief can be resisted. And that grief can be overcome. Amen? And one of the best ways to overcome grief of the loss of a loved one is know this. They aren't lost. You know exactly where they're at. I said they're not lost. You know exactly where they're at. And someday, soon and very, very soon, you're going to see them, amen, in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So we do understand that. We want, to be, we want to be gracious. We want to be loving. But folks, when the grief begins to take on darkness and depression, you got to stand up. you got to stand up. And one of the best ways to overcome it is to be around other people that have experienced the same thing and talk about it and pray for one another and let God be God over those situations. That's good preaching. Glory to God. So let's look over at Philippians. I said I had a short word, but it's being extended. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Are you still here? Philippians chapter 4, notice with me. In verse 4, here's what the Bible says. Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. No, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. In the same context of verse 4 is verse 6. Let's drop down to verse 6. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then he goes on to say, and be careful for nothing. Do not fret. Do not have any anxiety about anything. I submit to you this morning that rejoicers and people that are filled with joy are people that have no cares. Now, why is that? Because in the presence of a rejoicer is the fullness of the power of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. If I will, and you will spend your life rejoicing in the Lord, you can always find something to rejoice about. 
When you do that, the presence of God will permeate and saturate your very being and cause you and enable you to be careful for nothing. Say it with me. I refuse to fret. I refuse to have anxiety about anything. But in everything, I let my requests be made known unto God. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Now notice what happens in verse 7. As a result, let's read this together. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Question mark. Does your mind and your heart need to be kept? What will keep it? What will keep it is the peace of God. Amen? The peace of God. But our part is to cast our care on Him. In other words, just unload it all over on Him. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I came from a, a family of world champion warriors. I know you did. And so did I. I saw it modeled in the home. Therefore, I picked that up. But you know, once I got into the family of God, I learned that God doesn't want me to worry. God didn't want me to talk like that. Amen? Understand this, we're in a new family. We have a new father. We have a new language. And our language is this. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But so many people, they walk around like this. With the cares. Just loaded down. Loaded with cares. Always looking down. And they think because they've done it so long, it's normal. They say, it, it's, it feels normal, Pastor Mark. That's because everyone you see is on the same eye level with you. That's not normal. It's not normal to live like this. The Bible doesn't say look out. It says look up. Look up. Not look out. Not look down. Look up. Woo. For your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Listen, folks. Never worry about something you can do something about. Are there things we can do some things about? Amen? So he said, well, you know, I, I need to lose weight. You can do something about that. We all can do something about that, right? Well, I'm in debt up to here. You can do something about that. Burn your credit cards. Cut them up. Never worry about something you can do something about. And on the other hand, never worry about something you can't do anything about. And for those things that you cannot do anything about, give it to someone who can do something about it. His name is Jesus. Amen. Everyone spell his name. J-E-S-U-S. What's his name? Jesus. What is his name? Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. And then lastly, turn quickly over to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through verse 30. Amen. My message to you today and my prayer for you is this is that before you leave this church today, you'd unload. You'd unload all your cares. You just dump them all over on Him. Amen? Now, one person said this before we read this. He said this, When I'm anxious, it's because I'm living in the future. And when I'm depressed, it's because I'm living in the past. You know what to do with both of them? 
let the care of both of them go. And here's what we want to do in closing this morning. We want to do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Let's read together. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor Tom, if you'd please come to the piano. And we want to pray together today at the end of the service, believing, praise God, that we are carefree. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet right now. And let's just lift up our hands and just thank him that he is the Prince of Peace. Glory to God. We do worship you, Lord. And we do thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. You said that in you we have peace. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you said that we can cast our burdens upon you. And as a result, that you will sustain us. Thank you for sustaining grace. And thank you for peace to be multiplied into our lives.